Now back to Bick and the Boss on the official home of the Canucks. Tiki Pete comes out of the box and puts the puck into the back of the net. Sportsnet 650. Hour two of the show. It's the boss without Vic here on Sportsnet 650. Vic Nazar will be in the big chair this afternoon with Randy Janda on the People's Show. And they'll have uh, the head coach of the Abbotsford Canucks, Trent Call, joining them. Uh, talking all things uh, hockey out in the Valley. Big week uh, for the Valley. And that announcement coming that uh, the, the team is here, the jersey's been picked, the coaching staff has now been named, and uh, a lot of the young Canuck prospects uh, will, will start their pro career uh, after this upcoming NHL draft. They'll, 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 some will head to Abbotsford. And, of course, NHL draft coverage on Sportsnet 650 is brought to you by Connect Hearing. Take control of your hearing health and book your free hearing test at connecthearing.ca today the big news on the Canucks front obviously Alex Edler's agent uh, announcing on uh, Donnie and Dolly this morning that uh, Edler was going to test free agency well within his rights as a hockey player quite obviously but I I can't help but think it's a little bit of posturing uh, for Alex and his camp Uh, perhaps they are looking at things and going okay Vancouver's not giving us exactly what we want money-wise Let's try and force their hand a bit by saying we're going to go to free agency. And I would believe that the door hasn't been completely shut. Some are suggesting Edler's played his last game for the Canucks. Uh, Matthias Olin walked from this hockey team and went to Tampa Bay in search of uh, a cup. And hey, Alex Edler has earned that right to go elsewhere. But he has shown time and time again over his career that Vancouver is his home that he didn't want to waive any movement clauses to get out of town at the trade deadline. So methinks that this could also be a bit of a PR ploy by the agent. But, uh, you know, whatever the case is, Alex Edler, best of luck to him wherever he ends up. I, I personally hope that he does come back to Vancouver and play here uh, for at least one more year because he is still uh, a serviceable NHL defenseman in the right role playing the right amount of minutes, can kill penalties, and someone that, you know, the Canucks could definitely uh, count on if needed in some tough situations. And Brendan Batchelor brought it up in the, in the first segment of the show about how he also provides that leadership to some of the younger players. The last remaining member of that 2011 team that went to the Stanley Cup final so interesting to see what will happen with Alex Edler. And, and again, is this posturing or is this uh, simply the fact that Edler is made up his mind and decided that he wants to go chase Lord Stanley's mug elsewhere? And if he does, he will definitely get that opportunity. The Dunbar Lumber text inbox still hopping here uh, with some late don't at me submissions. Uh, don't at me. Uh, too bad the Canucks didn't own the rights to a Russian defenseman. Thanks, Jim. Day-to-day. That's from Tyler. And also, uh, do you think the Canucks could acquire Vladislav Nemestikov to help mentor Pod Coles in minor Matt? Yeah, anything's possible. And, and that idea of bringing over someone from Russia or someone in the National Hockey League who is from Russia to help Pod Coles in isn't, isn't a bad idea. 
kind of like when Steve Ewan used to help me back in the day and I, I was working as a young uh, uh, producer at Sports Page and Steve was, you know, busting his tail elsewhere and uh, helping me out at night by giving me all the right information to write in that show so Don Taylor could get all of his information, right? Remember the good old days, Stevie, when no. uh, all it cost me was a Normal Wick autographed picture? I've still got the Normal Wick autographed photo. I, I, I still thank you for that. It's framed uh, at uh, in my in my office at my home. How are you, sir? <laughs> I hear you're, uh, I hear you're uh, driving the bus by yourself. Uh, hey, and I'm going to ask you about that. Let's let's start right there. So, you know, uh, Bick Nazar, uh, yes. young, up-and-coming broadcaster, uh, high hopes. We're really, you know, we're big on him in the organization. So yes. he gets straddled. There's, good, you know, a really it, good dressing yep. room guy. Yep, good in the room. Yep, he gets put with him. me, okay? So that's not maybe the, the best of situations, but he says, okay, I'm going to do that. All I had to do, Steve, was say afternoon dr- – and I couldn't even get drive out, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll go with Randy. I'm, I'm leaving the boss." So yeah, he's he's left me solo on this show. He's he's just walked away and decided to go to the big show, the people show, and and you know drive that bus and leave me here, uh, kind of teetering around, bumping into everything on the curb. This generation doesn't doesn't play for the team; they play for themselves. It's really quite sad. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And that's a great segue. Speaking of, of, of generations and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe an older one. I just want to start with, uh, I saw the news of the passing of, of Kent Gilchrist and, and Cookie, as he was known in the media circles around here, uh, a fantastic individual, great reporter, like one of the nicest guys you would ever meet uh, when you're out on the beat, especially, you know, for you and I who started, we're a little younger and, and always had time. So just, you know, your thoughts on Cookie and, and you know, how he was for you as, as a mentor and a friend. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was going to leave with that. He was a friend, and a, a friend and a mentor and a guy that was a great sounding board for me, even, even after he quit in 2010, walking out. Um, it's, it, he was a different breed. I think so much of this new generation coming in, is about themselves and about being part of, you know, them telling the story. He was never bigger than the story. And I, I, I think I've always, that's something that always struck me is, is that he never had to be front and center. He always kind of let the story tell the story. And he also had a great sense of humor and, you know, the, the, the zingers. And I just, you know, loved going in the press box and, and listening to him and the old guard, you know, regale us young cub reporters with stories it, it was kind of interesting to see the dynamic and how you know cookie was was right in there with them and and kind of led the way in a lot of cases he always told me kid you're 25 years too late this used to be a great business right and he was <laughs> he was he was great like that and, and he was always there to help out and kind of lend a hand and give you ideas and you know kind of bounce things back and forth and, and he just he had such a great run i mean he was so good at so many things and I, I think you you really found that out when you'd show up at a CFL event and say, "Hey, Cookie, you know, Cookie told me to come talk to you, to a player or an executive," and, and that automatically automatically gave you street cred. Like he was that guy. So it, it's it's a huge loss for our industry. It's a huge loss for me personally. And it's was you know, I mean, it was a very sad day. Yeah, and our condolences to to his family. Um, Steve, you have many beats and have covered many different things, and and I, I want to uh, switch uh, 
topics here now. And, and the Vancouver Canadians have been away from the net all season long. And I know the hope is is that they could they could hopefully if the border opens up. Uh, come back to Nat Bailey possibly in September, maybe even sooner than that. So what's your sense of how it's been going for the Seas south of the line and how desperately does Andy Dunn and company want to get back into Canada so that we can all go out there, enjoy a beer and watch a ball game at Nat Bailey Stadium? I think he's, I think he's terribly frustrated. I think he, I think he would come back tomorrow. I think, he's, you know, I think the bus is packed. I think he's, you know, I think he wants to come home and I think he would take, you know any any kind of games you you know they're it's a tough go they they're strangers in a strange land and they were the you know they were the heated rival um in 2019 down there now they're asking people to come watch them play and they're drawing a couple hundred people a night you know when when they're used to drawing five or six thousand so and it, i mean it can't and it can't be good for business up here the longer you're away you know out of sight out of mind i think that's a huge fear so I think the I, I think the very second that they open up the border, he's gotta he's gonna figure out a way to get back here. Keep in mind that they left the staff here. They've they've they didn't bring their entire staff down to down to Hillsborough, uh, just outside of, just outside of Oregon. So they will be ready and raring to go the minute they can. Of course, sees baseball right here on Sportsnet C six fifty. Tyler Zickel nice is doing a great guy. job. Yeah, he's he's he, this, those ball games are great. We we just love to see him up here. And I'm guessing too, Steve, those American teams probably would love a trip into Vancouver, considering it, it's the biggest stop on, on on in that high A league as well. I they always do, and I, I think one of the things that talking talking to Lewis Boyd, the North Vancouver man who was the manager in, in Everett he talked about how it's such a great atmosphere here to, to get your guys playing in front of 6,000 fans often going crazy I think it really really shows them a lot it gives them um, an idea of what the levels going up are going to be like so even a guy like that was upset that you know games weren't games were being played up here so it, you know kind of tells you where things are at Steve Ewan joining us from the Vancouver province. And um, Steve, I, I see that you've been some, doing some writing with some BC athletes that are heading to Tokyo. Um, what's the general feeling or thought? Because, you know, first of all, there's, there's kind of the COVID cloud hanging over mm-hmm. everything. Secondly, it was supposed to be last year, now this year. How are these athletes, these these BC Olympians, handling all this and, and dealing with kind of all the, the hurdles they have to jump over here to, to get to Tokyo? I think one of the prevailing themes from the different athletes is that the Canadian uh, Olympic Committee did such a good was forward thinking and backing out of last year's Olympics when it was last year was was the first country to say hey this isn't safe so the feeling is that they will keep the athletes safe there they will they will figure it out um, I I think it's been hard. I think it's been hard but I think it's hard for amateur athletes all the time so I, I think they they're used to battling so I, I think that's a plus um, I, I yeah I I, they, I think they all realize how different it's going to be. I think uh, you heard a lot about how it was going to be strange to not have friends and family there. So I, I, I think there's a lot of challenges. I think they're they were all excited to go though. Everybody that I talked to was keen on going. So I, I think it's going to be a games like we, like uh, obviously we haven't seen before. And I, I, you know, I think without the fans, you might see some some really inspired efforts. People just really excited to get that chance. 
Yeah, and that that will be the interesting thing. I mean, we saw this year in the North Division in the NHL, no fans in the building until Montreal gets laid into the playoffs. Competing at an Olympics is such a spectacle, and and you think of the ceremonies and the walk in and all that, and and to not have fans. And I, there are definitely important reasons why there no fans going to be at the games, but that must be, you know, extremely difficult in the sense of that. Sometimes those fans can pump you up at a track and field event where they all start clapping and and yelling and screaming Uh, that, that mental mind game and who's mentally strong, I guess will prevail and we'll see who, who can overcome what's put in front of them. It was interesting. I talked to Bill, Ranford, who's who's the goalie coach of the LA Kings, the longtime Oiler and Bruin goalie, and he wondered if some of the really good efforts from young players in the NHL this year weren't a, a kind of a, a, a side effect of having you know having no crowds. So it'll be. I think there's. I, I think there's athletes that will thrive in this. I think there's obviously athletes that will. Have you know have their problems? I think Evan Dunphy, the race walker from Richmond, talked about how you needed to figure out who you were in that regard. Whether you needed to do something to get yourself you know hopped up, or whether this you know kind of the the lesser atmosphere really really played in for you. So it, it, you know we talked about guys you know um, guys and girls needing to know exactly who they were. So I, it's going to be super interesting. It's going to be super compelling to to see you know where things are at. Yeah, and you you mentioned Evan Dunphy, the race walker from uh, I believe Richmond, um, Kingsville Elementary. A, yeah, had a very interesting former, former, last Olympic Games where former, you know, former elementary of Steve Ewan. Nice, nice, nice. Were you a race only, walker? Only, yeah. Well, no, I don't. I don't. Uh, come on, see, Mac. I don't. Uh, I don't race anything. But uh, you know, especially <laughs> not even race walk. But uh, yeah, no, we were. Both Kingsville Elementary grads, several several years apart. Though, I'll just say that. Nice, but but for him going, you know, I'll say let's call it the redemption tour for him in the sense of how his last Olympics games went for for him and and you know getting a medal, losing a medal, all that 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 went into what he went through. How hyped and psyched and and pumped is he to, to get back there and get another shot? He sounded thrilled. He sounded like he might, you know, he might have been able to walk over there. He was that excited that. I, he you know, he wants to go. He just got the uh, signed a sponsorship deal with Kraft Dinner, so he wants to show off for them. I, I, one of the more, one of the better spoken athletes I've I've come across. I really hope he does well because I think he's got a chance to win over people and and really show for his sport. Steve Ewan from the Vancouver province. And, and Steve, you know, we'll keep you a couple more minutes here, but I, I do want to get your opinion because you've also covered a lot of Canucks and mm-hmm. the, the word today that uh, Rick Dalliol and Don Taylor reporting that uh, you know, they had the agent for Alex Edler saying he's, he's going to test free agency. I mean, Alex has been around a long time. You've seen this hockey team for a long time. Uh, if, if he is to go, what do you think Edler's legacy is going to be here in Vancouver in, in all that he's done and almost played a thousand games for this hockey team. I think, I think right now he has to be the best, best D man they've ever had. Yes. Or do you go? Olin? Yeah. It's gotta, I mean, it's gotta be him or Olin. I, I still, I think it's a, I think it's a smart move saying that you're going to go. I think it is a smart move to look around considering that kind of the cap crunch that the Canucks are under. I still wonder if he doesn't find his way back here. I still wonder there was chances to go other times. Uh, 
I still wonder if, if they don't come up with some sort of deal in the end. But, yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense what they did today. Yeah, and and, and listen, you, you've seen this before. And, and I, I, again, I said this earlier, far be it from the first agent to use Rick Dollywell to get your message out. Uh, <laughs> I, I, have, I, I have Rick talk to my wife all the time. Yes, nice. Yes, and that that's got you million dollar raises in the province. <laughs> it's, it's got me checking to make sure that the locks aren't changed. Yeah, exactly. But but that idea and and this I'll say business of hockey season, the off season, yeah. the expectation of the Canuck faithful. I mean, management, everyone. There is going to be change with this hockey team this off season, don't you think? Well, there has to be. They can't come back with the same group they did. I find the narrative interesting, guys wanting out rather than a year ago we heard how much guys wanted to stay. Uh, it, listen, I mean, it's challenging. You have to get the two, the two young guys signed. I mean, they've got a lot of work ahead of them. And uh, the Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650, Lume was the best D-man. <laughs> you, Yerke had that kind of rock back on his heels move that he used to just blow around guys at the top of the blue line. And, and uh, this one coming in, uh, Matthias Olin uh, is is uh, this person's favorite. There have been some really good D-men, but I, I guess, you know, the best one might still be in the building, uh, Steve, with uh, Quinn Hughes. Yeah, 100%. I think we're going to find out pretty quickly that, that he's the best guy that I've ever had, so. Anyway, Steve, I really appreciate you uh, joining us. Uh, Marcus and Gibson wants me to get Dollywall on the show today because I, I have um I have a running feud with Rick. I don't know if you've heard this, but we've had yes, him on I a few you. times. But I, I I always ask him for the Petrus Palmu or Reed Boucher update, which he, he yes. gladly uh, yes. supplies yes, I've for heard me. This. I'm always very interested yes. for those updates. Yeah, so. so am I. So am I. Anyways, take care, buddy. Great to have thanks you so on, much, and, and uh, thanks for sharing about Cookie as well. Just a, a, okay. a, a terrible loss to our community, and, and I really do appreciate it. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's a sad day. I, I just I feel for his family. I feel for all you know all his friends out there. Thank you. There he is, Steve Ewan from the Vancouver province, uh, joining us here on uh, the Boss without uh, Beck or as uh, the uh, Dunbar Lumber text inbox was wondering it it should be called the show if it's not scottish it's crap so there could be another scott around that we could we could use but i don't know that i have the money to do such a thing so i i i that scott in me just never ever leaves but yeah the big news obviously canuck land edler um he's looking at free agency now uh, we talked to brendan bachelor just got steve ewan's thoughts there kenny Priestley. Uh, Mike and Victoria, Dunbar Lumber, text inbox 650-650. If Edler wants more than $2 million, let him walk. Uh, another text unsigned here. Hughes might be the highest scoring, but never the best all-around D-man. D- and I like this one, too, when they, they say Ed Jovanovsky. You have to put Jovo in that list. When uh, Crazy Train, as we called him, Jovo just got going, he, he was fun to watch. He could fight. He could hit. He could score. Obviously, a, a gold medal winner for Canada as well. So, yeah, Eddie would definitely uh, be in that uh, conversation. Uh, our talk continues now with uh, Scott Brown from Fifth Avenue Real Estate. And, Scott, it's a Friday. It's an afternoon. Um, are you on the 6th or are you on the back nine already? <laughs> well, I am not on a golf course today, but I did take time off work to watch the Open Championship. So, and I love you're talking Scottish because we have Scottish roots and 
Today we were actually just talking about the fact that we had a family member, a piper down for a little while, but they're doing okay. <laughs> nice. Well, that's great to hear. And and that <laughs> reference of Zoe Merritt and Axe Murder, Ian McIntyre and I did that the other day. Yeah. And, and Bick Nazar, who, by the way, has bailed on us here today, Scott. Bick's, Bick's gone big time. He's in the afternoon drive slot. Bick didn't even know what Scott, uh, what uh, Ian and I were talking about when I went, he'd pants new. So anyways. <laughs> exactly. Look at it. <laughs> we could uh, go off on that for a half hour. Yes. So, uh, Scott Brown, Fifth Avenue uh, Realty, uh, joining us here. And uh, we'll start with your your number, Scott. Uh, and I, I do believe it does have a, a golf reference. It does. I'm going to go with 149. You know, one of the hard things about BC, and there's not many, but these Open Championships and World Wimbledon, the time you have to get up in the morning to watch these things. But my favorite major is the Open Championship. I often refer to as it is the Open, but the British Open. You know, the winner is called the Champion Golfer of the Year. It's the oldest golf tournament in the world, one of the most prestigious, founded in 1860. So this is the 149th. Had it been for COVID, it would be 150. But next year, it's 150, and I believe they're going back to my favorite course, best golf experience of my lifetime, the Royal and St. Ancient Sanders. St. Andrews. Love playing golf there. It was just a dream. Wow. Lucky lucky guy. I've always wanted, never had the pleasure, but that, yeah, I, I couldn't even imagine standing there and playing that course. It, it must have been spectacular. Oh, it was the end of May, so it, they're, because they're so far north, right? So we teed off at 4. It was still bright as when we teed off at 8.50. Uh, we didn't know. We were on a tour, and it was a lottery, and they called us at 6 in the morning and said, guess what? You won. You're on today, 4 o'clock. It was amazing. Awesome. Awesome. My number is uh, the number 40. Ryan Graves led the NHL in plus-minus last season uh, with the number 40. The 6'5", 220-pound defenseman is obviously on the move to the New Jersey Devils. And, and Scott, this was a guy I was really hoping the Canucks would be able to bring in here, perhaps, because, you know, Colorado was going to lose him for nothing in the expansion draft. Big, strong, defensively-minded, and I know, you know, not the right shot that everyone covets, but a, a player that Vancouver could have built around on the back end. Yeah, it's disappointing. I was with you. I was following that one. I was kind of hoping it might go away, but it did not. So, Scott, what's your real estate uh, number this week? Well, I'm using the number 80%, but for I probably should have used 95 So one of the things that your listeners might not know is that all the new homes, the stuff that's built brand new, whether condominium, townhome, you know, uh, high-rise, they don't go on the MLS. So the media doesn't get access to that data and talk about it a whole lot. So we're hearing about the resale market being hot, but starting to cool a little bit, but still warm. Uh, but the new stuff, so we're putting together a research report. We actually pay a partner organization to go out and talk to all these developers and find out. And 95% of the 11,000 homes sold so far this year never show up on MLS. So that's a, quite a bit of data. We just found out it's a little over 11,000. We're putting out our report to the public on our website called The Fifth Dimension in a couple weeks that has all the details about new that they can't get on MLS. But it's amazing. But a substat was that in the first quarter of this year, we're still coming out of COVID, uh, developers released about 4,000 new homes, 80% of them sold in 30 days or less, 
And so what they did was in the second quarter, they doubled the amount of supply brought to the market and they still sold over half of it. So while the new market is sort of just softened a little bit, people have a little bit more time to make a decision. Uh, the resale market is slower than the, than the new market and the new market still, they don't have as much time as they thought they did uh, like they do in the resale market, but just crazy year sets us up. The mid year is always a big measure. So at 11,000, we have the chance to probably this year to be either the, the hottest year or the second hottest year on record for new home sales. We just do not have enough supply. Wow. Incredible stuff. Uh, thanks Scott. Uh, appreciate it as always. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Yeah, and uh, watching the the open. Who are you pulling for in uh, the open? Uh, well, I, I kind of like Oosthausen, the, the the leader earlier, but it, it's for me um, in this case. I just like you know, man against the elements, and we'll see how it it holds up on yeah, the weekend. Yeah, it can yeah. be so tough. Yes, yeah. I did not like today because it looked more like a February PGA Tour event with the weather and everything. I like to see how people deal with resilience. I'm pulling for Spieth, but you know what? Oosterhausen, who's always the bridesmaid, never the bride, that would be awesome to, to see him put, kind of cut, finally get his, or because I know that last time was pretty disappointing for him, right? Yeah, no, totally yeah. agree. Thanks for doing this, Scott. Appreciate it. Have a great, it. Week, Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye. Scott Brown from Fifth Avenue Real Estate. And, you know, while we're talking golf, hey, golfers, get a great Vancouver golf for less. Go to discountgolfcard.ca for all the details and order your Vancouver discount golf card today. Coming up on uh, Bick and the Boss or The Boss Without Bick, however you want to say it, Joanny Caron, a Paralympian, will stop by and we'll talk about, you know, the upcoming games in Tokyo and also, you know, a very important conversation about uh, mental health and, and how you can uh, work within yourself to be better, improve and, and have an open conversation about exactly how you're feeling. That and a whole lot more coming up here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. You're listening to Bick and the Boss on Sportsnet 650. Greg Ballack coming in hot. Yes, it's the boss man. Sans Bick. There is no Bick in the boss today. It's just me solo, Craig McEwen here on Sportsnet 650. And in the Dunbar Lumber text inbox, Marcus from Gibson says, sounds like uh, Bick got called up to the big show and his disgruntled AHL coach is sour about it. I'd be the AHL coach. Bick is called up to the big uh, show this afternoon, the people show with... uh, Randeep Janda and uh, Bick Nazar. Uh, we'll, we'll check in with them in a, in a few minutes, but a couple other uh, interesting things on the uh, Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650, is people chime in on uh, the, the best defenseman all time. And Steve Ewan uh, mentioned that the best Canucks defenseman of all time, quite possibly, is Alex Edler. Uh, Vance in the loop suggesting Oland all the way. Uh, another texter unsigned here, the big Irishman Pat Quinn. Uh, Minor Matt going with Dave Babich. Babs definitely had the best mustache of uh, all time. And uh, a a late don't at me, uh, best pass Canuck D-man was a healthy Sammy Sallow. Yes, uh, Sammy Sallow um, is a very good player when healthy, or was, I should say. And uh, it was just kind of too bad that he was hampered by a lot of injuries here while he uh, played for the Vancouver Canucks. the show rolls on. Uh, we'll have a little bit more hockey talk to end. But first of all, you know, it's uh, it's something that our company, Rogers, has been very 
cognizant about and helpful about uh, when it comes to its employees and that and that's mental health and this COVID situation has been extremely tough for uh, uh, everyone out there just adapting trying to get through it and and just learning ways to get past things that are barriers that are put up on our life uh, that are different working from home uh, taking permissions to pause working on yourself making sure that you're checking in with your family and friends and, and it's so very important and uh, we're hopefully going to be joined here by Joanne Caron, uh, uh, an Olympian who's also uh, part of the uh, Courage to Go Further campaign, Coast Mental Health Foundation's Courage to Go Further. Uh, and it's a really important initiative. And again, it's checking in and not being afraid to talk about who we are, what we're doing, and how we feel. Because, you know, listen, um, it's it's one of those things where people have to realize that physically we might look fine but you know behind the the physical attributes that we have that we're not necessarily um healthy mentally from time to time and it's it's asking those questions and trying to find people who can help in those situations Corey hirsch does wonderful work uh at works for this hockey uh broadcast on sportsnet 650 and he's one of those guys that really come and says, hey, how you doing, bud? And when he says it, he he truly honestly means it. And he doesn't, you know, pull any punches. He, he's very open about his struggles and was also, you know, wrote a few uh, great stories as well. So, uh, Joanny, I believe you're on the line now as I stick handle around a, a very interesting and important conversation. And I, I'd like to welcome you to uh, the Boss Man Show as my partner has uh, bailed on me today. But I'm, I'm happy to have you on and talk a little bit further about uh, the great initiative that you've got, uh, the courage to go further. Um, just explain a little bit to us about what that is and, and why you're involved. Well, thank you, Craig. It's a pleasure to be here on behalf of um, called mental health. So, as you mentioned, I was an Olympian. I competed in the Rio 2016 Olympics on a tandem. Uh, prior to that, I raced individually for about 15 years on a national team and several pro teams. And um, right now, I've transitioned to um, a coaching role with my business, Altius Vedo, here in Vancouver. And uh, one of the things I like is to uh, support causes such as Coast Mental Health. This is, um, just like you explained, it is so important to check in with one another. And what Coast Mental Health does is support over 40 programs in the Lower Mainland for mental health. So they play a huge uh, role within uh, our communities. This year has been quite a um, difficult year for, for many of us and a lot of individuals who did not have uh, prior mental health history have, um, you know, have, have faced some some challenges, some unprecedented challenges, and this is why um, the work for from Coast Mental Health is so important for uh, our community. The courage to go further in itself is a uh, an initiative from Coast Mental Health that. Um, targets, I wouldn't say necessarily athletes, everybody who is active, who wants to challenge themselves um, to any type of, of 
um, challenge that can be done as a walk, as a run, as a, a ride, or, or any activity that appeal um, to to you, to anyone. And eventually, and essentially, it is to um, sign up, commit to a challenge, sign up on the Courage to Go Further webpage, and share with your network. So um, it is easy to set up, and everyone can contribute and support. Uh, the challenge, the courage to go further. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's interesting to me. I, I know during this uh, pandemic that our office, most of the people I'm broadcasting from home, which is completely different, but uh, the importance of exercise or getting out and, and releasing some of the, the, the pressures and the, and the stress that you're under and I feel terrible if I don't get out for a walk during the day or, or a run. And, and it's become such a part now of my routine that I'll, I'll hopefully be able to do that for the, at my regular office. But how important is it to, you know, do these types of athletic endeavors or, or just even go for a walk to kind of clear your mind and, and help your mental health and how you're feeling? Yeah, it is extremely important. And as you said, the work from home um, is sometimes as, through a little bit of the routine of going to the gym or meeting with some colleagues to do some exercise and we have to recreate this this habit um, for, for many of us. As we know exercise has a lot of uh, physiological effects and, and something as simple as just going for a walk um, help release some hormones uh, of, of well-being um, some, some endorphins, some serotonin, a lot of uh, positive effects on not only the physical aspect, but also the psychological aspect. And um, it's, uh, it's something that we can do to uh, keep our, our mental health in check and, um, and feel good every day. And Joanne, you talk about the the physical side when we see someone, they look healthy and all that, but the psychological uh, component to it, what's the the most important thing you can do to someone? Is it just simply asking how they're feeling or check in and and what what successful measures have you found to to kind of see, hey, maybe I don't know you're struggling, but if I ask the right questions or I, I have a conversation with you, I can kind of help you get through some things that maybe I wasn't aware of. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, having that, uh, opening that door of, of conversation and discussion. And I like what you said in the introduction uh, about the gentleman. When he asks someone how you're doing, he truly can feel that it's uh, it's a genuine question and yeah. uh, it takes the time. I think that makes a big difference. Uh, connecting with others, I think the past year has... Um, you know, everyone has, has felt a bit isolated at times, but whether a phone call, a text message, reconnecting with uh, with an old friend sometimes can make all the difference in the world. And um, lastly, I, I would say we talked about exercise. Um, for me personally, riding, going to a weekly ride with a few friends is what helps with my mental health, so creating those um, those opportunities to to connect on um, connect with others 
with a little bit of exercise is uh, is a great way to keep to maintain our, our mental health, but also help others uh, in our circle as well. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you. And, and before we let you go, I, I I did see here in some of the information that's passing away that are are you and your team aiming to to ride a hundred k in August to to raise some money? Maybe tell us a little bit about that and how people could uh, perhaps donate and help you uh, get those uh, important funds. Absolutely. So my team, my recent team, Crit Nasty, we have been talking about it for a while. We have a few details to to work on, such as a date and the exact location. But we are uh, we are planning to do a ride that. It's about 100K, involves a lot of sprint in it, and uh, we're hoping to finalize that in the next few days. That will be, um, that will be available on the, um, the Coast Mental Health Courage to Go Further website under Teams Crit Nasty and um, also on, or on my Facebook page, uh, Altius Velo, which is my company. I'd like to... Um, just such a quick word about the uh, previous challenge I've been a part of, VeloGrid, which we've raised um, over $60,000, eight, nine women, and that was incredible. We had incredible support from the, the community, and uh, we want to keep it going because there is so much to do. So there's another challenge, as I said, from my team, Krenasti, that we are working on, um, and we'll, we'll have more in a few days. Uh, thank you very much for doing this. That's Joanny Caron, uh, Paralympian, and also part of the Courage to Go Further Coast Mental Health Foundation's uh, very good cause. Uh, we really appreciate the time, and yeah, please also send us the information once you maybe have some other stuff, and we can share that as well on our social channels. So thanks very much, Joanny, for, for doing this. Uh, have a great day, and good luck with that ride and raising some very important funds. Thank you, Craig. Have a great day. Yep, thank you. The, again, Joanny Caron, uh, Paralympian, also uh, a cycling coach, and you know, an inspiration to us all to 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 help you know people learn, understand, and and basically just have the conversation about our mental health. So very important during these COVID times, and and we thank her and all the work that Coast Mental Health does as well in that regard. So. As we move closer to the end of this uh, Bickless show, uh, time now to do a, a crossover and bring in uh, Randy Janda from The People's Show. Uh, Randy is in studio. I'm obviously broadcasting from home solo. Randy, I guess I'll start with, can you believe that Bick bailed on the boss? Okay, This was shocking to me. I never thought it happened, C-Mac. It was, uh, I was told that it was you were, you were making the move, that you offered up Bick for the show. Listen, Randy, I couldn't, as I said earlier, get the word afternoon, dr- 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 you know, d- drive out before Bick was it. Yeah, I got it. I'm out. I'm done. He just abandoned I, he, he abandoned me. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to see him. I no, want to enjoy He's right weekend. here if you'd like him. Uh, to, we can, I can play the peacemaker here. No, no, no. I no. don't want any peacemaker. We, we'll, we might have to make up over the weekend, or we will, but I'll, I'll, I'll probably talk to him on Monday. But yeah, I, I don't really need to hear from him. I only want to hear your thoughts because, you know, you'll probably carry the show in the afternoon, much like I carry the show all the time with him. So Okay. No, we've got a lot uh, planned, but for me, okay, Vic's been really good with me the last couple of days, C-Mac. I don't, this, this difficult teammate, you know, there's a... Uh, 
you know, you're alluding that maybe he might be like a Nikita Triumkin. He's been very difficult to deal with, and he doesn't like uh, maybe working with you. No, he's been a great, perfect teammate with me. He, he's he has no issues whatsoever. No Nikita examples or or comparisons whatsoever. I would assume, Randy, you've been around a, a long time, had a great career, and continued to do so that you would do a better job of probably sucking up to the boss than Big. I, just as an assumption, because like walking away from the boss, I tell you, there, there's some tough career moves. I mean, hey, listen, I guess though, Randy, if Alex Edler might walk from the Canucks, you never know that anything is possible. Did, did that news surprise you today? It did not in the sense that, haven't we been down this road before? Haven't, two years ago, remember the conversations yeah. that were going on at that point in time? This is... It's silly season for a reason, and I'm not saying there's nothing behind it. Obviously, there is, but there's you know an agent, there's a player trying to find the best deal that they can find. The team, and Vancouver has been criticized for this in the past, but they got to get the best deal they can. So I'm not surprised. Can Alex Edler end up in Vancouver again? Of course he can. Like this is this is where it's smokescreen season. So believe what you want, but I am not overly shocked by this, Mac. I, I think there's still a road back for sure for Alex Edler to Vancouver. Totally agree, and and we had Steve Ewan on earlier, and 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 I'll get your your answer to this in a second. But on the Dunbar Lumber text inbox six fifty six fifty, Steve suggested that maybe Edler might have been, or could be, or is the greatest defenseman of all time who played for the Canucks. And, and we've had a number of submissions in here, Randy. You know, Dave Babich, uh, big Irishman, Pat Quinn, yep. Harold Snaps now making it into the Dunbar Lumber text inbox, and 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 this one here from Dean and Cloverdale, Canucks best D man so far, Mister Ball. My favorite is Paul Reinhardt with honorable mention to Christian Ehrhoff. I think Quinn Hughes will supplant all previous D-men as far as excitement factors go. So I, I, I ask you, and, and I remember when Reinhardt came here, too bad he had a few back injuries, but he was that quarterback on the power play that the team had so desperately wanted. And yeah, might have been the most skilled defenseman uh, before Quinn Hughes, but I, I guess I throw it to you, you know, Erhoff, Reinhardt, uh, Sallow, Oland, Adler, you know, who is it for you that, that is that Canucks best defenseman of all time? Okay, when I think back, you know, in my years watching the Canucks here in Vancouver in the early days and just covering the team, there's two names that stick out. Growing up, it always used to be Yerky Lume. Like, Lume was that guy that was the the kind of the offensive player that I saw. I was a little too young to to, you know, watch Paul Reinhardt in his time in Vancouver. So, you know, so that, you're calling the boss old. Is that what you're doing? Big bailing on little the little boss bit. and you're calling the boss old. Okay. See, Mac, I I, I'm 35 years old too now. I'm getting up there. All right. <laughs> I acknowledge, I acknowledge who I am at this point, but the, the name that I'd have on the top of my list, because I think in his prime, absolutely great defenseman. And unfortunately that Matthias Olin was slowed down by injuries, but my vote goes to Matthias Olin. I love the yeah. way he played. He was kind of that, you know, rough and tumble guy that looks like, Right now, he could still play. He, he's in excellent shape. But, you know, before that eye injury, his trajectory was way, way, way up among the best in the league. And that really slowed him down. So I think Alex Edler is right behind him uh, once he maybe hits a 1,000 games and once he gets... But I, I felt like the ceiling for Matthias Olin was just so high. And that injury kind of slowed him down. And it's unfortunate we weren't able to see, you know, Matthias Olin at a really high level for a few years more than we saw. Yeah, and and you're right. You remember there was all that talk about him winning a Norris and and just the the size and the package uh, of how he could play physically, as you said. He had some offensive uptick. 
I agree with you on the Olin assessment. He he was excellent. The, the one that came in here earlier, too, as well, was Sammy Sallow. There's a guy I don't know who ever got his due either because of the injuries. I mean, much picked on, much maligned. But Sallow was uh, super athletic. He was, he was a tennis star growing up, actually. And, and a guy that, in my opinion, might have been maybe not the best, but one of the most underrated blue liners to ever play. Yeah, he could skate really well. He could make a great pass. And that shot, you know, the one criticism of Sammy Sallow might be that he was too kind with the shot. Like, he could... He could really do some damage, and he didn't want to hurt guys. So more than anything, yeah, underrated. Uh, the one thing that I f- feel like we always forget about with Sammy Sallow, though, they traded him for Peter Schaefer. What a win that was in, in that deal, right? Like, <laughs> they, You know, when we talk about price of acquisition and winning trades so much in yep. the cap era, like prior to that, Sammy Sallow and what they picked him up for, it was, you know, Schaefer was a decent player, but if we look back at that trade, that was such a win. And I feel like that gets overshadowed, obviously, by the Marcus Naslin for Alex Stoyanov because that was a home run. But the Sammy Sallow for Peter Schaefer, in my opinion, is is pretty close to that as well because how many years did Sammy Sallow play at a very, very high level and was a part of one of the best defenses I think we've seen in the last 20 years in the NHL, let alone in Vancouver? Yeah, okay. So uh, I know you got a show to prepare for with that other guy who's sitting across the room from you who yep. I don't want to speak to right at the moment. But uh, just uh, you, you mentioned about hey, you trades about and, and winning hey, them. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? What's he saying about me? I want to know. I want to know. He's fired up for the show. He's fired up, C-Mac. Hey, is that Reach? Is that Reach in there? Yeah. <laughs> no, Reach Sounds is not like so Reach. That was, that's Bick channeling his uh, Reach. Yes, exactly. He had a few spros. I just quickly, Randy, you mentioned trades, you know, and and it is a silly season. Uh, do you expect much here over the next couple of weeks for the Canucks? I I do because it seems like they're in a lot of conversations right now. And if we look at that expansion protection list, the projected list, uh, there's some work to be done there. And I know Jim Benning is trying. I know there's been you know various reports coming out that hey, the Canucks are making those calls. They're they're in a position to maybe act on something if the prices you know, decrease over the next, you know, 21 hours. Uh, But I do expect them in the short term and over the week to make some moves here because you do have to upgrade that roster, right? And the Alex Edler news, we'll wait and see if he he actually means, you know, his agent actually means that they're going to hit the market. That's, that's a big one. But when we talk about that defense and how, you know, porous it was at times last year, well, if we're hearing these reports about Edler, we're hearing these reports about Nate Schmidt, C-Mac, and if they leave, you're looking at a complete restructuring of the back end. So I think they need to do something. I think they will. I think there'll be a few moves. Now, the question is, does that happen before the expansion draft or after? I'm probably leaning more towards after the expansion draft. All right. Who's on the big show today? Yeah, we got Yannick Hansen, who's always dropping knowledge on the show. So uh, he will be joining us. Trent Cull, the Abbotsford Canucks head coach, is going to be joining us. And we're going to be bouncing around the league a little bit as well, seeing who could be available via, you know, maybe before the expansion draft. So we're going to be talking to Andy Strickland from St. Louis. They got some interesting decisions to make. And uh, beyond that, of course, our friend Adnan Verk, who joins us every week to uh, to talk about a lot of things, including the new Space Jam movie. It's out. LeBron James. Is anybody going to watch it? Because I probably won't. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks. I really appreciate it. You mentioned the word restructuring. Uh, yeah, there could be a restructure on Monday. I know your your partners are back in crime, but we're not sure where Bick's going to end up on Monday. All right. All right. That, that's a tease right there. Let's see what happens next week. Yeah, it is. It is. Thanks, Randy. Really appreciate it. Uh, Randy Janda from The People Show, as he mentioned, a big show coming up. And, and that will do it for uh, The Boss Man. 
without Bick here today and uh, appreciate all our guests that have stopped by. Also, Greg Ballack for uh, running the board. Best show we've ever and, had. Uh, Best show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ballack and the boss, buddy. It might happen. It might happen. Uh, but also uh, appreciate all of you taking part in the Dunbar Lumber text inbox 650-650. Keep it coming for the People's Show. Uh, you've been listening to Bick and the Boss on Sportsnet 650.